The following program is a specialty program. Unless otherwise identified, the participants on the program are not employees of Chorus Entertainment. Opinions expressed may not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And welcome to it, Pinpoint Health Show. We are ready to go. We hope you are as well. And, of course, the phone lines are open. It's uh, 416-870-6400, 416-870-6400. You have pain concerns, health concerns, yourself, colleague, friend, family member, bring them on. Dr. Lou is here to answer those questions and give you some proper guidance over the next hour. So we're ready to go if you are. Uh, info at pinpointhealth.ca to reach out on email. And the clinics are open. They're growing. They're they're doing their thing. Pinpointhealth.ca to find a clinic near you. And as always, you can catch the Lou Down. I love this long-form podcast series, which is a couple years deep now, so you can catch up on those wherever you get your favorite podcast, the Lou Down is the way to go. But, yeah, phone lines are open. It's 1106, so you got tons of time, 416-870-6400. How you doing, pal? John, good morning. I'm well. How are you? Still fogging up a mirror, so I can't complain. What's uh, what's on the show today, <laughs> brother? <laughs> uh, you know, let, let's, get the, let's get the calls coming in for sure. Let's start with something that is the most – one of the most fundamental things that we always talk about, um, one of the things that I deal most with in my role as a clinician, um, both in my private practice and also with the work I do with the rapid access clinics, and um, and that's low back pain and, and in general spine pain. So, uh, you know, back pain, neck pain uh, is something, you know, if we let, let's focus in just on the low back because that's the most common out of the types of back pain that people will have, then it's followed by neck pain and then mid back pain is, yes. is third in line there. Uh, but when we look at low back pain, the thing is that 80% of the population, 80%, that's, that's an incredible number. And this is the population of the world. This is the thing about back pain. What I'm about to say is, is, is really astronomical when you think about uh, this in the context of the population of the world. 80% of the population of the world will experience back pain at some point in their life. Back pain is one of these things that doesn't seem to discriminate based on genders, races, uh, types of job, type of socioeconomic status, whether you're in the first world, the third world, whatever it may be. It really is just unfortunately a weak point of being human. We've probably um, evolved way too fast for our environment. And as a Result of that, low back pain is something that we we succumb to, and and it doesn't matter whether you're doing a more physical job or sitting at a desk all day. It's just as common. So 80% uh, lifetime prevalence. And the other thing that's crazy about low back pain, if you experience low back pain once, you are now uh, 80% likely to experience it again, and then that number keeps going up. So every time you experience back low back pain, you're more likely to re-experience it again and again and again and again. And so I bring this up because only next to the common cold and, and things like COVID now, it's the most common cause of, uh, of economic loss in the world, like in terms of lost time at work due to being sick and things like that. The only thing around the world that is greater is influenza type of symptoms. But after that, it's low back pain. So that should put, I mean, all of us have had a cold at some point and all of us have had a cold that has prevented us from going to work or school or whatever it may be. The next thing in line that causes that the second most is low back pain. That That's incredible. And every time, you know, for, for me, this stuff is second nature, right? And every time I say this, it's like, wow, this it's insane how many people deal with low back pain. And, and the big thing that I've tried to get across throughout all the years of doing this show 
is that early intervention is key. And John, you know, as well as I know, we've heard this type of call a million times where someone calls in, says, you know, they have this really bad back pain. It's, you know, been three months that it's been really, really bad. And as I start uh, probing them, we find that there's a history. Oh, it's been going on for, you know, the first time I noticed it was 15 years ago and it happened once a year and it was fine. Uh, and I would do some stuff on my own and would get better. And then, you know, about 10 years ago, it started happening twice a year um, and it was fine and I would do my own stuff and so on and so forth. And one of the, my catchphrases on this show is that you don't know um, the realm of possibilities that you're, you've never been exposed to. And so people constantly do this where they have this type of injury and they just leave it and, and they leave it because, you know, in the beginning, the first few times that you get it, you know, the reality is this, the research does show that most non-complicated soft tissue injuries, including low back pain that are not due to chronic things, should resolve within eight weeks. So most of the time, it will resolve, but that doesn't mean it's cured and will never come back. There's, that's the beginning of a weak point. And I bring this up. I know, John, you've dealt with, with low back pain for a long, a long time in your life. I've dealt with low back pain. I'm actually dealing with an acute exacerbation right now which is probably the reason why I want to talk about it so much. Uh, but, you know, I have a history of low back pain, and I know with that history the things that I need to be doing. And that's really what I'd love to spend this show is talking about what you do in these things. And so, you know, it, it's really, really important that the first step in all of this is figuring out what's causing the low back pain. That's a, an, an incredibly important step is the diagnostic step. What is the cause of that low? back pain the reason why that is so important is if you know the cause of the low back pain then inherently there'll be a treatment or a guideline on what the the treatment protocol should be and you don't want to assume right we we've again this is another cult we've had seems like a million times where people just assume right everyone says well i have low back pain and they think that's a diagnosis but again the analogy that i always use is that's no different than you saying well i have a fever any, any yeah. person would then say, well, I wonder why you have a fever. You know, what is causing that fever? That's the same thing with low back pain or any type of spine-related pain. The question becomes, okay, what's causing that spine pain? Now, there is a diagnosis called mechanical low back or mechanical spine pain, um, but that needs to be determined. And really, the good news about low back pain is this. 90 to 90% of cases of low back pain are related to mechanical causes, which means the joints, the muscles, deconditioning, all of these things. That's great news because it's, you know, overall benign in terms of, of quantity of life and things like that. Then you've got 5 to 10% of cases that can be due to more serious things. And you can have extremely serious things going on in your back, like, you know, say metastasis, which is spread of cancer in the low back, extremely rare right? You can have primary tumors that show up in the spine, extremely rare. So the very good news is that anybody that's experiencing low back pain, you know, the statistics are on your side, it's probably mechanical. But the fact that it does is probably mechanical doesn't mean that it's nothing because that mechanical pain, that 95% of low back pain cases, which is mechanical pain, is actually what causes all of the things that I was talking about, which is lost time from work, chronic pain, all of these things. So don't just assume because someone has said, well, it seems to be a muscle or a joint that, that that's fine. That's not necessarily fine in terms of quality of life. And that's a really important thing because it can definitely have an effect on your function long term if you don't do the right things for your low back pain. 
Yeah, it's it's funny because people, you know, like you said, 80%, I mean, that's 6 billion people on this planet that'll suffer from some sort of low back pain. And people just kind of, as you said, they go, well, you know, it was bad for a couple weeks and then it went away, so I'm not going to worry about it. Well, you know, you were hungry an hour ago, so you ate something, but you're going to get hungry again. You know, it's like you can't treat it like that because... And, you know, we've we've had this call as well where people say, I have sciatica. Like, that's a diagnosis. I have yeah. sciatica. I've been told it's sciatica, so I'm just going to live with it, right? Yeah, and, and sciatica is another great example. It's off, the, the, you know, often comes along with leg pain. Or, I'm sorry, with low back pain. But same thing. The question becomes, well, what is putting pressure on that sciatic nerve to create that? Because that will change what the protocol is. Maybe it's just the muscle putting pressure on it. Maybe... It's a disc issue. Maybe it's an arthritic issue. Maybe it's something even more serious. Hopefully not, but that's the job of the clinician is to rule in and rule out those things. And again, most of the time, it's going to be on the benign end, 90 to 95% of the time. But again, you know, that's sort of a, a, you know, almost a one in 10 chance that you have that it could be something else and you don't want to miss that, right? And that's, and that's incredibly important. And that's unfortunately one of the things I've learned in, you know, being a a clinician and also doing this show for so long is that when it comes to musculoskeletal injuries like low back pain, people are always so willing to assume that, you know, they can figure it out on their own. And and it's probably the reason why it's such a, such a hard thing for us to manage in, you know, you could speak, this isn't just me, go speak to any family doctor, right? And they'll tell you one of the hardest things that they have to treat is when a patient comes in with low back pain, because there's so many things involved in it and there's no, you know, sending someone for an x-ray doesn't often provide you the information that you need. Even going for an MRI, I've, I've talked about this a million times as well on the show that just because you have specialized imaging that says something there, that doesn't necessarily mean that that is the cause of your low back pain. It is the job of the clinician to correlate those things and to figure out what exactly is the cause. And a lot of times when I see people for second opinions on their low back pain, the thing that they've been told is the cause of their low back pain actually is not. And in fact, the things that they're trying to do to remedy themselves are actually making them worse because they, from the get-go, they've got the diagnosis wrong. And that's and that's not a good thing. That's really, really bad because it's going to delay how likely you are to get better. The longer you're into that, the more likely you are to become chronic. And, you know, once something becomes chronic, it's always much treater, much harder to treat than anything that is acute. Take a short break and get into it. Look, you have questions about this. We're focusing on your back today. I know there's a million people out there listening that are saying, yeah, that's me. Well, if you have questions, bring them on. Don't sit back and assume anything. 416-870-6400, 416-870-6400, Pinpoint Health Show, just getting warmed up. This is Global News Radio. 1120, thanks for sticking around. Welcome back to the Pinpoint Health Show. Dr. Lou is here, ready to take your calls. We're uh, we're taking calls on everything, of course, like we do every week, uh, every Saturday morning here on the show, but we're focusing, uh, hyper-focusing on low back pain. So if you got that issue or any other, bring it on. We'd love to talk to you. 416-870-6400. Info at pinpointhealth.ca in the clinics. You reach out to one ever-growing network, pinpointhealth.ca. In that regard, we'll get to uh, to Andrew. Andrew, big fella, thanks for hanging on for a moment. How are you? Hey, good. Thanks, guys. Good, brother. What's going on? I had a question about uh, lower back pain. So I have like, kind of moderate scoliosis in my back and I was curious about your thoughts on self-adjusting so I do a lot of like kind of self-adjustments cracking my own back and things like that 
some of it's like voluntary. Yeah. Some of it's just like, you know, out of habit. I'm just curious of your thoughts on that. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, so, I mean, it's, there's a lot of things I could say. The, the first thing that I would say is number one, is it what you need, right? So manipulation and adjustments could be a very powerful tool. Chances are if you can, actually, let, let me go back first. The, the idea of a manipulation and adjustment, when someone does it themselves, it's usually because they're stretching to end range and then they hear a few pops. We know based on research that when manipulation works or adjusting works in the clinical setting, it's not the noise that it makes, it's the speed to which the practitioner uses to achieve it. So it's what it's the range and how fast you can bring that joint into the range. So chances are you're probably not, you're getting popping sounds, but you're not actually achieving a therapeutic manipulation. That, that's number one, right? Because it would almost be impossible for you to do it that fast yourself. Um, and if you're going to try to do it that fast yourself, you can hurt yourself. Number two, the thing that I would say is chances are if you can self like pop and get the crack noises that you probably don't need it. See, the thing with manipulation is it's very, very good for things that are restricted and things that are hypermobile probably don't need it. And you started by saying that you've got a scoliosis. The thing with the scoliosis is, and that's for people that don't know, it's when you've got a curve in your spine that otherwise typically wouldn't be there. The thing with the scoliosis is on one side of your spine, you're going to have things that are extremely tight. And on the other side of the spine, you're going to have things that are extremely loose. So my question to you would be coming as sort of a rhetorical question where I'm not necessarily expecting an answer. But how do you know that when you're getting that popping noise, you're not getting it on the side that's already too loose? And that's the problem, right? The reality is that stretch is going to create a period of temporary relief, which I'm sure after you do it yourself, you probably say, oh, that feels better. But at the end of the day, it comes back. Um, there's, there's no long-term relief with that stuff. So, you know, is it, is it unsafe? I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to fully say no, it's, it's not safe. Is it helpful? I don't know, maybe a little bit, but I think there's way better things that can be done. And, and, and again, chances are, if you're able to achieve it yourself, it's not actually a therapeutic manipulation because it's more about the speed and what the practitioner is trying to move and do than it is uh, just getting a bunch of noises. Okay, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think because when I go to a chiropractor, I do get that, like you said, the adjustment on the side that's a little bit tighter that you can't necessarily right. do yourself. And I think maybe it's just a result yeah. of hypermobility there. That, that That's why I'm getting it. But but okay, no, good to Yeah, know. exactly. And you, and you want to avoid that hypermobility side, right? Like you don't right. want to be taking something that is mobile and making it more mobile, which is why the term hypermobility comes into play. It's all, the body's all about balance, right? Every joint, you, should, you don't want joints that are too stiff and you don't want joints that are too mobile. It's somewhere in between. So there's actually good scoliosis protocols out there where you can work on things that will help loosen the tight side and then strengthen the side that's, uh, or sorry, I'm messing that up, where you can loosen up the side that's tight and strengthen the side that's loose. Um, and so that is where I think longer term uh, relief would probably come from. Great. Appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time. No problem. Thanks, Andrew. Appreciate you. Want to reach out to Dr. Lou and explore a little more? One eight five 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 Dr. Lou D R L O U is the way to do that. Yeah, I never found much. Uh, you know, as you, you and I both are lower back pain sufferers. Yeah, when I get up in the morning, I can grab here and twist in my chair. You feel some, but I, I, it, what's it doing really at, at any one point? It doesn't even give yeah, you really it, much no, relief. You know? 
No, and, and again, everyone thinks that that is the equivalent of going to see a chiropractor or someone who can do the manipulation. It's not. Again, the research is pretty clear that when, when manipulation works in a clinical setting and there's great research for it for, for the right type of back pain, that it works more because of the, the position that you're being put in, uh, the, the, the intent and the speed. And those are things that often can't be um, achieved on their own by you just doing it. Now, Again, you know, the other thing is this, the, the biggest thing that I wanted to get across there is when you're doing that, you're probably doing it to areas that don't need it, right? Like chances are, if your back is stuck and truly needs a manipulation, you're not going to be able to do that on your own. And so when you are getting that manipulation or that popping sound, you're probably doing it to areas that are already mobile. And that's not necessarily beneficial. That may actually be perpetuating the ongoing problem of whatever it is you're dealing with. Yeah, it's you know it's so interesting that people just have a kind of a um, a nonchalant attitude towards it, and even like you said before, before the break with uh, you know sciatica, or, ah, I've got this nagging, you know, this problem, and they, I feel sometimes that people, based solely on numbers worldwide, as you mentioned off the top of the show, that people just don't take it seriously enough. I mean, you're talking you know thirty three bones stacked up in each other that you walk around with every day. I would be, you know, I would be taking a little more time as to get some professional help or at least diagnosis when it comes to finding out the source of my pain and discomfort, no? Yeah, well, that you know, unfortunately, John, that's that's a big thing in 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 musculoskeletal care. And and you know, the thing in the musculoskeletal system that causes the most problems is the low back. I, I one one of the things that you and I have talked about a lot on this show is that you know, people will often pay a lot of attention to the health ailments that might affect them in, in a quantity of life manner, right? Like, so everybody, of course, and justifiably so, me too, I'm not, not trying to say that I don't care about this stuff, but everybody is going to care about the risk of heart attacks, stroke, cancers, anything that can in, imminently kill you, right? Like, that, that's where we go. We're designed to do that as humans. But when it comes to a quality of life perspective, which is much more the musculoskeletal system, um, and, you know, I would argue that even it could lead to quantity of life issues, but not in such a dramatic fashion as some of the other things that I've suggested. Um, but it's, it's very much more a functional thing, right? It affects your day, daily life. And, you know, people are willing to make the excuse. Nobody, nobody would, like, you know, be throwing up blood and say, ah, I don't have time to go get this looked at, right? Like, I'm too busy, right? But people will make that trade-off if it's low back pain, right? Like, ah, I've got low back pain, but I don't have time to go get it looked at because it's not mm. imminently dangerous. Um, and, and, again, that is my sort of, you know, thing that I like to talk about on this show, that you, the people don't honestly know the realm of possibilities. And, like, I've seen, I've seen it all, right? I've seen people who present with low back pain, do the right thing and get better and they get it under control. I've talked, we've talked about how you're a good example of it. You deal with it, but you're able to do everything in your life and you deal with it because you manage your low back pain. Sometimes it's bad and, and we take care of it and some, and most of the times it's good and you can self-manage. That That's really what the ideal scenario is. I'm not trying to say that there's a, a magical cure out there. It's really about proper management. I'm an example of that. I do the same thing. But equally so, I've seen people who ignore it and it gets worse and they ignore it and it gets worse and worse and worse. And finally, they get to a point where it's so bad that they're finally saying like, ah, geez, like I, I can't do anything yeah. anymore. I can't work. I can't play with my kids. I, I'm, I'm losing everything. Like I'm, I'm losing my function. Their mental health starts to go because they're, you know, they're dealing with this thing. They become so hyper-focused on it and it's affecting every aspect of their life. And, and you know, like 
I think if people understood that realm, you know, one of the things when we look back at one of the ways we were able to sort of curb smoking in the population is when you buy a pack of cigarettes, you'd put a picture of what, you know, the lungs would look like. Like if every chair came with someone who's like crippled from low back pain, you'd realize what sitting in it all the time yeah. could potentially do, right? And that's the realm of possibilities that people don't often know. Um, and that's why it's so important to see people who have, you know, the knowledge like me to sit there and say, hey, like if you don't do anything about this, here's where you may be headed, right? And you want to avoid those things. A lot of times I see people that are, are in a bad enough position where I, I genuinely think, okay, listen, not much is going to get you better per se. But really what I try to have them focus on is like, I, you may not be able to get much better, but do you want to get much worse? Right. Like, wouldn't you love to at the very least, like if you, you know, anyone would make that trade off. Like I've met people that have said, you know, I, I, it was bad like five years ago, but now it's just like, it's impossible. I wish I could be where I was five years ago. It's never too late to slow down the progression. Sometimes it can be almost too late to go retro and, and make things that much better. Uh, but it's also related to how much someone is willing to work for it. Low back pain is one of these things where it's not really about what someone else is going to do for you as much as it is what that person can do to guide you so that you can do a lot for yourself. And it's that rehabilitation aspect that is the gold, like the golden key in low back pain that's missing so much. It's not about, you know, someone pushing and doing this or an injection. That's not the long-term management. The long-term management is getting those muscles strong again and providing stability. And once you do that, that's when the magic really starts to happen. But that's hard work. That's not easy, right? Like that's not, oh, you know, it's, it's, it's a pill I pop every day. No, it's, it's something you have to do for maybe an hour every day and you actually have to work at it. And it, and it might hurt, but it might not be harmful. And that's another you know, whole other section of management of of low back pain is the education on what hurt and harm is. And some people don't do things because they're like, well, you know, I tried exercising, but it hurt me. But just because it hurts doesn't mean it's harmful. Whereas you can have things that don't hurt you at all, like sitting all day, but that's extremely harmful to your low back. And so that's where there needs to be that education. That's what I really try to provide on this show is that education that there is there is a difference and there is a proper way to manage this. And, un- and unfortunately, um, a lot of times people just don't want to take that, that, that route, that route that takes a lot of time. It takes hard work. They're looking for the simplest, you know, the least, the path of least resistance, but that's often when they take that path, that's what eventually leads them to the point where it, it's just so bad that it's affecting every aspect of their life. And, and again, I, I'm not saying this to scare people. I'm just saying it because that's what I've seen in practice. That's what the research shows. Um, and, and it's why, you know, clinics like mine exist because there's so many people that have this issue. You know, if you have an opinion or something to contribute, if this is you, sounds like you're you're scared of it becoming you, get some answers. 416-870-6400 is the number to call in here to the uh, Pinpoint Health Show. I'll tell you, man, if you know, if there's one warning I could tell people out there that when I when my lower back problem, as you know, came came to the fore when I was 21, I heard it at work. I mean, I spent the next six weeks in bed literally having people turn me to my side so I could pee into a cup because I could not get out of bed for six weeks. I mean, if that is not enough of a wake-up call to get on top of this and, like you said, do the maintenance so it's it's, it's quality versus quantity. I'd rather live 80 good years riding my bike and walking through the park than 120 being crippled. It just it makes absolutely no sense to me why people would put this on the back burner and not treat it. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, I, I genuinely think that people just don't realize that, right? They don't realize it can get that much worse. I think if they realize that, they'd probably be more willing to make that trade-off. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you're an example. Like, I know people that their first back injury is extremely severe, and it's enough to be like like what you're describing, where it's like, whoa, like, I can't deal with that over and over again. So what is it that I have to do? But the reality is most of your initial experiences with low back pain aren't going to be that bad, John. You're sort of an anomaly there. Mm-hmm. It's going to be that sort of mild, like, oh, that feels weird. There's some soreness there. Uh, and and that, that's a dangerous thing because people ignore that. 416-870-6400. Concerns about your lower back? Got a short uh, story to share or any other uh, physical things you're, you're dealing with and want some answers on call? Now is the time. Don't waste the last two minutes of the show. 416 416- 870-6400, Pinpoint Health Show, right here, Global News Radio. 1136, welcome back to it, Pinpoint Health Show here on Global News Radio. Anytime you want to reach out to Dr. Lou, one 855 Dr. Lou, D-R-L-O-U, pinpointhealth.ca on the web. And the Lou Down, the long-form podcast series with Dr. Lou discussing a ton of topics uh, wherever you get your favorite uh, favorite podcast. But here now we implore you to call in and ask your questions, 416-870-6400. Greg, thanks for hanging on. Good morning. Hi, how you doing? Good, big man. What's uh, what's going on with you today? Uh, yeah, I've uh, I've heard a lot about you uh, from a friend of mine, and I just uh, I've got a question that uh, I mean it might be a common question, but uh, uh, lower back, left side. Uh, I ride motocross, um, and uh, you know I've probably done a lot of uh, uh, wear and tear, but uh, um, it's a different kind of pain. It's it's almost like an inflamed pain. Can that be? stem from another health issue uh creating that uh, it's mostly on the left side and sometimes it goes right across the whole lower back uh almost uh almost like an on fire feeling yeah yeah so so obviously on on the radio it's going to be impossible for me to tell you what's creating your low back pain what i can tell you more generally is that yes of course there are a lot of different things that can create low back pain you can have you know, muscular things that create low back pain. You can have joint things that create low back pain. You can have nerve issues. You can have spinal cord issues. You can have visceral referral of pain. Uh, you can have lots of things that create that. So the the short answer is, yeah, there's it, that doesn't necessarily just need to be muscle um, or, or something like that. It could be something else. Now, again, the statistics probably, uh, you know, would are, would favor that it's probably muscular. But the most dangerous thing that you can do in healthcare is rely on what's common, right? And I talk about that on my on my show a lot is that, you know, practitioners and clinicians will often just, you know, give what the most likely diagnosis is. And, and that's a dangerous thing because, again, what if that's that one in 10 patients where the most likely diagnosis isn't there? And so my job always becomes to treat everyone as if it was the worst case. And that's what, that's the way, that's the approach I take is what is the worst case scenario? Rule that out before I'm willing to settle on a better case scenario. So, um, you know, I, I don't know if that fully answers your question, but I guess what I'm trying to say is a lot of things can cause low back pain and that's where a proper diagnosis is, is absolutely essential. Yeah. Cause I've got to a point where I've been, I, uh, was pretty regular with a chiropractor and, uh, you know, uh, seem to have good results, but it just seems to, uh, uh, the odd time will get really inflamed and I'm, I'm actually starting to be concerned and just going for, you know, some other tests just to, to rule out anything that, uh, you know, that might yeah, be, good. uh, uh and, that, and, and that's important. Yeah, that's important. 
Yeah. But an, another thing, another type of back pain, like, you know, I was talking about, you know, mechanical issues, and then I went all the way to things like, you know, spinal tumors. But another big component of low back pain that probably accounts for more than fi- uh, more of that 5 to 10% is inflammatory back pain due to autoimmune diseases. So t- sometimes people have things like ankylosing spondylitis or rheumatoid arthritis or these things. And those are autoimmune diseases, and those things have to get treated very, very differently than, than the way you would treat just, you know, mechanical pain. And so the fact that you're saying inflamed, that might be something to consider. Is it inflammatory in nature? And if so, you know, that's probably, I, I'm assuming you're seeing someone and you're saying that you're getting some testing. I would assume that that's probably one of the things that, that they're looking at. That was actually my next question. I was going to mention to you, I just had, uh, um, uh, you know, due to blood work, uh, uh, hyperthyroid uh, conditions. So I okay. just had thyroid scan and we had read that uh, that can cause almost like an inflamed feeling in the kidney area and which can actually yep. lead to uh, you know trigger back pain because you're obviously uh, stressing in that one area uh, from the pain yep. and I wondered if you had heard about that at all uh, yeah so again visceral issues can always cause low back pain referral right like the kidneys are are right there they're right there on the flank of the low back so that's definitely something always um, consider, but you know, it sounds like you're down the right process, right? Like that's, that's really what it's about. It's about the investigation, rule things out, um, you know, and, and then move to, and then find the diagnosis. Once you have the diagnosis, you can start treatment. Now, what I can also tell you is, you know, you shouldn't, the other thing here is you shouldn't delay doing things because you don't have a diagnosis. Cause sometimes that could take a very long time, no matter sort of what it is, with sort of an asterisk on that because it would matter for some things but you know rehabilitation of the low back pain of low of the low back is what's key so working on core strength glute strength that's the stuff that is almost important no matter what the back pain is yeah yeah i just didn't want to you know i was almost wanting to see uh investigate other things just because i didn't want to aggravate uh further if there is yeah other issues yeah fair enough i agree though you can't sign off totally just because you've got, uh, you know, it's uh, no matter what, trying to keep healthy is going to be. Uh, uh, yeah, and, and this is the job of like, you know, typically what I when I see a patient, just to give you a frame of reference, you know, if I think that they need further investigation, right? The further investigation isn't because I have no idea. It's really just to confirm what I'm thinking. So typically with a patient like you, like if I thought it was something, I would say, okay, Here's what we're going to do, but in the meantime, I still need you doing A, B, C, and D, right? Like, this is why working with the right professionals is so important. The, the dangerous thing that I often hear too often is that, you know, clinicians will just, you know, be like, well, don't do anything until we get an answer. But sometimes the answer could take, like, three, six months, sometimes years. Um, and and the, the worst thing you could tell somebody is not to do something. You can, at the very least you know, rely on what you believe is the most likely cause that that's the job of the clinician. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll definitely come and see you. Um, yep. No problem. Greg, appreciate the call. And, uh, to reach out, uh, you probably know already one eight five 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 Dr. Lou D R L O U info at pinpointhealth.ca. Greg, don't hesitate. Get on top of it. You sound like you've uh, got a handle on it, but uh, follow up with Dr. Lou for sure. Still got a, a few minutes left to go here, so just like Greg did, 416-870-6400 is the number. Pinpoint Health Show, Global News Radio. Back at it we go. It's 1147 Saturday morning. Pinpoint Health Show reaching out. You still got some minutes. 416 
870-6400, focusing uh, basically this hour, Dr. Lou, on lower back pain. You know, as, as I was thinking here, I got up out of my chair. I'm now standing up doing this show just to get a little blood moving. I thought, you know what? Often what happens when people don't take care of the lower back pain, when they don't come see you and get it checked out, and it persists, and then they start favoring the area. And then uh, all of a sudden they get a sore hip because they've been favoring one side. And then the opposite knee starts to bug them, and so on and so forth. This whole ripple effect from what started as low back pain that they didn't take care of, right? 100%. And, and even more interesting than that, John, you just brought up something that is extremely important. When we, you know, going back to what I said, where low back pain, whether you're uh, extremely physical labor type of job or sitting all day, what it comes down to is our backs are not meant to be doing the exact same thing over and over again. It's the repetitive strain. So if you're sitting and you're sitting the whole time, that's what's going to happen. If you're bending and picking things up and you're doing that constantly, the repetitive nature of anything is the downfall for our low backs. You need to be changing it up. So what you just did is really the key to prevention and management. It's like switch it up as much as you can. And that's one of the things that I often tell people is every 20 minutes, change what your low back is doing. And that doesn't mean like if you have to sit for, for a living, I'm not saying take a 20 minute break every 20 minutes because that's obviously not productive. But get up and walk around for two or three minutes, you know, and, 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 and change and do something or, you know, and do it that way. It's, it's really, really important. Now, now they have desks that you can raise and you can stand so you can change it up. That is absolutely the key to managing low back pain. I know so many people that have, uh, you know, an office job and it's, it's been exacerbated now even more so with COVID-19 because they don't do exactly what you did. It's like, oh, I'm getting stiff. I'm going to go talk to, uh, to Jim down there in the next office. And you go, you tell a few jokes, you lean on his filing cabinet, you feel a little better, yeah. then you go back and sit down. Now everybody's sitting at their dining room table with their laptop and they're there for hours. At a, they might take a break to grab something to eat. That's it, but they're sitting for so long, and I'm hearing more of this. People just stiffening up, and they actually say, I thought I'd feel better working from home. I actually feel worse. It's weird. Yeah, 100%. Well, you're eliminating so much of the the physical activity that we take for granted, The you know, walking from a parking lot into wherever that office right. may be or, you know, having to move around. Now all of that's gone, right? It's, it's like you get up. You go downstairs, you grab a, a, a cup of coffee and you sit at the, and, and what you just said there, you're sitting at a table that's not designed as a workstation, right? Like yeah. your, your dining room table is not necessarily meant for that. Um, and so the, the, sorry, the ergonomics of it may not actually be ideal for what you need if you're going to be in those prolonged postures. But listen, even er you can have the best ergonomics in the world, right? Like the reality is this. You've got to change it up. I tell people that all the time because I get people who come in and say, you know, my employer, um, you know, is, is letting me choose a desk and a chair and which one do you recommend? And it's like, you know, a lot of them are good, but, you know, I'd be lying to you if I said that that's really the solution. Like, yeah, get one. It's better than not having something that's er ergonomically sound. But the key is really changing it up as much as possible. You've got to change what you're doing every 20 minutes. And again, I'm not saying that that has to be minute for minute. 20 minutes of sitting followed by two or three minutes of getting up and moving around. Simple. Do that every 20 minutes. I promise you that will help whatever stiffness you have going on. Is there, you know, uh, Greg, our last caller mentioned the fact that he's going to get some some uh, some scanning or some X-rays or some other stuff done. Is is that a key part of lower back, or it's not always not everything always no. turns up on an MRI, right? 
No, in most cases of low back pain, don't require anything more than a really good physical exam. In, in, in his case, there were other things there, like the concern for inflammatory conditions, and that's when, when it's more warranted if you've got other concerns. But if, if the clinician, like if you see me, John, and I think you've got mechanical low back pain, getting x-rays or special imaging is going to provide no value whatsoever. In fact, it'll probably make you worse only because the reality is this. Your back is, you, no one's back is perfect. So you're going to see things like degenerative disc disease. And what that does to somebody's mind when they read those things is potentially worse than, than not knowing. And, and it's like everybody's going to have degenerative disc disease, right? It's just, is it more than we would expect at the age that you're at? Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny because I remember years ago when I when I had some of those scans done and it came back and you're reading like, you know, mild to uh, moderate rotoscoliosis with subluxation of the L4, L5. You're like, what am I, what am I dying? <laughs> what does that yeah. all mean? Like, it freaks you out, right? You don't yeah, and, and I read it and it's, yeah, and I read and I read it and it's like, yeah, that's normal. That's normal. Like, yeah. you know, I, you're going to, you're going you're gonna, to, the thing is those things sound horrible, right? And And the other thing is, a lot of clinicians make them sound worse than they are, right? Like the amount of people that are referred to us that, you know, say, oh, somebody told me, you know, my doctor said that I have degenerative disc disease. And, you know, like that's not a, that, that's not a great term, right? Like when you're being told that you, you have that. And, and, you know, so people become worried because the terms are scary, but the reality is it's probably not causing your pain. And so, you know, then trying to convince somebody that is, is almost like an uphill battle. Yeah. Have you found in, in your practice, oh, by the way, if you have a last minute question, you want to get it in now, 416-870-6400 is the way to, uh, to do that. I'd get on it though if you've got a question before the, the end of the show. Have you found in most examinations in your practice that most people have some, I guess you call it irregularities, a little bit of scoliosis, a little curvature? For instance, my right leg is substantially longer than my left, right? All that stuff? Yeah. So everybody, when, you know, like, it's funny, we call these things anomalies, um, but everybody's got an anomaly, right? Like everybody's going to have uh, something that's not, you know, the picture perfect spine that you'd find in an anatomy textbook. That's just the reality of it. And here's the thing. I've had a lot of people who do have that picture perfect spine on imaging, but still have low back pain. That proves the point that it's not necessarily what the image shows. And I, this is also me not saying that imaging provides no value. There are certain times where imaging, other testing provides value, but there's got to be an indication for that based on the clinical exam. That should come first, not, not the imaging, right? The imaging is really there to confirm or deny what you're already thinking. It, it shouldn't be the basis for what you're trying to get to as, uh, as a diagnosis. Yeah, I guess not everybody's walking around the Vitruvian man, right? That just doesn't exist with uh, with the way people are nowadays. So, what would you suggest people listening? They got, uh, you know, there's maybe they're at the beginning stages of lower back pain. Maybe it's not age related, but it's something that's kind of cropped up in the last year or two. What are the first steps to take care of it? Yeah, for, John, first step is get a professional to look at it, right? If, if people want that to be me, I'm happy to do that. People know how to reach me. That's fine. But if it's not me, I still want you to have it looked at. Go see someone who is a knowledgeable professional at this. There's a lot of good places out there, a lot of good professionals. And in general, really, it's the chiropractors, the physiotherapists. These are the people that are, are more trained in this type of thing, right, where they'll be able, and if they think that there's something there that needs to send you back to your family doctor, they'll do that. 
Um, so, you know, there's a lot of resources out there for getting these things dealt with properly. Uh, but you've just got to take that step to go do it. Don't assume that you know. Don't rely on people. You know, how many times have we had people call this show, John? And they're like, you know, I was talking to someone and they told me it's this. And my question is like, well, who is that someone, a, a doctor or, or a health professional? No, no, they're, they're just a friend of mine. It's like, well, you know, like, why are you talking to them about it? And I get, I get it. I get it. But don't rely on that type of advice. Like, get professional advice for this stuff. That that's step one, and 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 that step is what is what determines the the next three steps. So you know, I'm not even going to give you a list to memorize because step one is go get a professional's opinion on it. Have you ever noticed in in your time practicing is there is there more of a uh, is this more relevant lower back pain in male or female or or gender has made any difference no. at all? Really no, hasn't, eh? no, yeah. yeah, it's it's pretty well 50-50, Yeah, unfortunately, now yeah. there are times in there's different points in a male or female's life where it might be more prevalent. Like pregnant women tend to get a lot of low back pain. Obviously, they're you know they're they're having hormones that are causing their muscles and ligaments to relax to get ready for the labor process, so that can cause low back pain. But in general, no, I would say there's no no big difference. There's different. You know, some things are more common in males and some more in females, but mm -hmm. in general, no difference. There you go. You want to reach out. It's uh, really simple. If you didn't get a chance or a little bashful to call in uh, on the show this morning, I'll tell you how you can do it right now and follow up. Don't hesitate. Just have the phone call. Trust me. one 855 55 Dr. Lou, D R L O U, info at pinpointhealth.ca is where you want to reach out through email. Pinpointhealth.ca is the website, by the way. There's a ton of information there. And then finally, you want to catch the Lou down the long form podcast series with Dr. Lou wherever you uh, get your favorite podcast. Check it out there and uh, enjoy those. And we'll catch you next weekend at 11. Pinpoint Health Show. This is Global News Radio. The preceding program is a specialty program. Unless otherwise identified, the participants on the program are not employees of Chorus Entertainment. Opinions expressed may not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.